you're listening to a Mash Those Buttons limited series. Visit us at mashthosebuttons.com. Look into my eyes and tell me you want me. Tell me you'd kill for me. Anything I want. Don't count on it. But you... Who are you? Oh no. I see what's going on. The bitch herself found a little helper. Marin! Mother. Do not call me that! I can't choose to stop being your daughter, mother. You made your choice long ago. What choice? My only crime is being born with the gifts you gave me! Enough, Morin! I am the genetic destiny of the Asari. They are not ready to reveal this. So I must die. You are a disease to be purged. Nothing more. I'm as strong as she is. Let me join you. I am already sworn to help you, Shepard. Let us finish this. Hello and welcome to Squad Goals, a Mass Effect Legendary Edition podcast, where we're discussing our experiences playing through the Mass Effect Legendary Edition. My name is Nick Zelenkevich, and I'm joined by Chip Locke. Howdy, Space Cowboys. And Corey Kurabara Treadway. Greetings from space. And this is episode number 31, and we are continuing our journey through Mass Effect 2, and in particular, the loyalty missions. Uh, this week, we will be looking at uh, Samara's loyalty mission and also Jack's loyalty mission. So it's two of the, the stronger biotic members on the team. Although, is there really a weak biotic member on the team? I think we've talked about that before. They all uh, Jacob's they all seem to hit biotics are pretty. Yeah, yeah, yeah but he—that's because his dad sucked. Uh, <laughs> fair, fair. J- Jacob's are are useful to get one of the uh, in-game achievements with Miranda, but after that, I got rid of him again. <laughs> What's that? Uh. His pull to hit using his pull with her uh, warp works out pretty well, but for some oh, reason for only would just, yeah. I don't know why it only works really well with him because I try other people with the same move sets and it would just just wouldn't it wouldn't work. It's like sorry that doesn't count. I'm like all right, we're using two biotics together, the same as the other people. Okay, I'll switch back to these guys. Okay, it worked every time now. You know, it's probably like how they wound up hooking up is like they were on a mission and he like he used his pole and she used her warp and he was like, hey, that's pretty cool. We work well together. We should like date or something. And then like, yeah, he was like, yeah, that, that was a mistake. Hmm. That's weird. That is, uh, is it still bugged in Legendary too? For some reason, I mean, yeah, it, it's, it, okay. it struggles. Weird. Yeah, one thing that just didn't fix. There's... There's a, the occasional bug that we come across, so it's good that we're we're calling those out. But yeah, so before we get into the loyalty missions here, um, one thing we want to point out is that Samara's loyalty mission will bring us back to Omega. So there's a few missions on Omega, a few things open up for you the second time you go back. In particular, uh, the first thing I noticed, and feel free to point out if any of these things like. 
I should have noticed on the first playthrough. I think there is a few some of the stuff that we did talk about the first time here. Um, but uh, in particular, there's two Solarians who are like standing kind of off to the side when you first show back up on Omega, Ish and Cell, and they have an not really an odd request, but it it's it's one. This is one of those like, come on, this is kind of beneath Shepard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they ask you to go pick up packages for them. And apparently you only have to get one package, I think. You don't have to actually get both of them. As long as you get one, the, I think that takes care of the quest in your quest log. Yeah, it does. It does. Mm-hmm. It's just really weird because I, I thought it said you had to get both of them. So I, went, I think I, could, I forget where I, where I grabbed it at. I think it was probably the Ilium one. Like, oh, I got to get some of the Ilium anyway. I'll grab it. And then all of a sudden, oh, I have to go back to Citadel? Okay. Here you go, guys. Yeah, the questing, like the wording in this quest, confused the heck out of me too. Yeah, and is there any difference regarding which package you get? Because I just got the package, I think, on Ilium, because I happened to head there before I went to the Citadel. I don't think so. But yeah, but it's like it's not like you're choosing like ish or sell or whatever. Like they're just like, hey, we've got two packages. We just need one picked up. You don't even have to deliver it to. You just have to pick it up from whatever kiosk it's hidden behind. Yeah, on on that yeah. planet, and you're done. And you're done. Like, it's just such a weird quest because I walked around the Citadel for like I don't know five or ten minutes looking for the other package, and then I went went and looked at my quest log, and quest log was like, no, you're done, bud. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't have to. I didn't have to Citadel at all. I was like, because like, all right. So where was the next location again? I was done. Okay, I guess I'll head back. <laughs> see, this is the kind of quest I'd like to see on those little uh, infographics that uh, the Mass Effect account puts out every so often. Where to be like, you know, like fifty six percent of players got the package on Ilium, and forty four percent got the package on the Citadel, and thirty eight percent didn't care because who 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 are Ish and Cell anyway? Yeah, this this is a it's just this like weird little fetch quest that has no consequence to anything, as far as I can tell. Does it have galactic readiness? No, I, know you would point that I don't out. think so. I think it literally has no impact on anything in any game. <laughs> like you just here you go, have some XP, I guess. Yeah, so that's that. Yeah, I mean they're just two Solarians standing there, and they just flag Shepard down, and it's like, hey, play Delivery Boy, and it's not even Delivery Boy because you literally just pick the package up and you're done. Like you just like right. Shepard just shows back up on the ship and just drops it off to some subordinate. Like here, you you deliver this back. You get this to whatever space UPS is out there. Yeah, that's sent back to uh, Omega. Yeah, basically all it really changes is uh, just a little in dialogue of which one you grabbed. It's basically, it's like, hmm, didn't seem very interesting. So, apologies, I'm not sure how we missed this, but when we originally recorded this episode, we did not actually complete the Ishin Cell mis- mission. We thought it ended when you just picked up the package on either the Citadel or... Uh, or Omega, or not Omega, uh, Ilium, and you were done. And it turns out that, no, you actually have to go back to Ishin Cell, and you give them the package that you got, and then they tell you, okay, go get the next package, and then you go get the next package for them and return it to them, and then you can either get money from them, or you can tell them, like, hey, we know that you're spying on Mr. Anto, for you know who works for Aria. This is not going to go well for you, you should probably uh, give this up. And depending on whether you use your Paragon or, or Renegade Intimidate, or you, you just use your regular, I'm a nice guy, but I'm not actually using my like my super charm skills, 
uh, they'll either listen to you or they'll just be like, yeah, I, I don't care. Just take our money and, and get out of here. So you can talk them out of whatever they're going to do. And then they like, you know, run away and flee, or they wind up giving you uh, a nice chunk of change, like 300, uh, 3000 uh, credits, which isn't bad. So I got to check mine, but I think mine bug because it says I completed. I didn't do any of that. I did go get another package. I didn't go and charm them. I literally just said I was done. Yeah, this quest has been buggy for me in the past, and I think it remains buggy. I'm I'm looking now to see if there's anything about its bugginess, but it, it really is finicky at best. Well, that, and that's the thing is, like, I remember checking my log and not seeing anything for this quest after i picked up the package on i'm gonna say ilium but it, yeah i think it was ilium because then i had to go to the citadel for the second one but after i then i went and i did the suicide mission and it was after the suicide mission all of a sudden the quest like showed back up in my log i'm like hey how is this still here and it mm-hmm. told me to go back to omega and the dumb thing is that if you're gonna play courier why would they have you Go get one package, bring it back, and then go get the other package and then bring it back. Like, why not just make one trip? You know, I, let me go to the, you know, Ilium and then the Citadel oh, and then back to Omega. I think I know what it is. It's just, it's just modern shipping packages. You know, you order things from GameStop, Amazon. They don't ship it all in one box. You get it piecemealed. They give you the option, though. <laughs> they they do. Amazon gives you the option. Like, yeah, you can get everything at a later date, but it'll all ship in one box to save on packaging. You're like, you yeah, know, I can take that. Uh, you, you know, you say that, but when I was building my new computer, I was I was doing that. I bought a lot of that stuff on Amazon. And one of the things I said, yeah, make sh-, and I was buying it while we were out of town. So it was very important to me mm, that it show up when we got back in town. And one of the hard drives uh, did not and just showed up the next day. Ugh. Yeah. Too efficient. <laughs> um, too efficient and gone to this day. I have no idea what happened. I've never had a problem with package theft at my old place, uh, except for that one, which I, I kind of question whether it was even delivered, but that's fair. Yeah. But wow. RIP that hard drive. RIP. Yeah. Maybe it's gonna get used somewhere else. Maybe it's gonna be somebody legal crime. Yeah. Ugh. Um, anyway. Yeah, this quest is buggy. It's always been buggy for me, like ever since the first time I played the game. Like I've I've had the same experience where it's like I go, I talk to the guy, the one package, it disappears from my quest log and I never get the opportunity to tell them that, hey, you jackasses are, you know, you're playing in a place you don't want to be. Yeah, I'd like the option to use that thing because I'm still having my tally quest is bugged for the romance option. It won't let me finish it, even though that all her dialogue options and made sure to space about between missions. And it just won't complete. Like, cool. You should try. Well, actually, I guess you, yeah, you really can't the way you did that. Yeah, I don't know what to tell you on that. Yeah. I'll check and see if, only th- if I can get this quest maybe to still activate, even though it's not listed anywhere. Maybe I can just force it. I'll try. Yeah, just show up on Omega, try to talk to them. But, but the one thing that I wish, though, is that, like, if you make the deal with them, I'd like it if they showed up dead at some point. Like, you know, the next time you show up, you see, like, one of Arya's men standing there, like, you know, over a corpse. And he's just like, yeah, well, what are you looking at? And you're like, oh, I see what happened here. Because, you know, Shepard makes it very clear, like, you know, well, even not that Shepard even needs to make it clear. Like, you don't mess around with Arya on Omega. Like, that's her turf. <laughs> well, you do it if you don't like living anymore. Exactly. You, right. You know, get, yeah, yeah. Get yeah. out of there. Yeah. So. Anyway, that was the Ish and Cell quest. So back to uh, back to us talking about Omega. So now this one was a little more interesting, and I don't know that I actually did anything here, um, but I noticed when I was running around in the uh, 
the lower section, I think around where the, uh, not where the plague was. Cause the first time I went to Omega, I missed like the whole vendor section. Like, I guess if you, there's, when you go to the right, when you come onto Omega, there's like some shops that are to the left. And then there's the, the lower section where the plague is. You can go to the right. I kept going to the right and I missed the whole shop section. So I think last time we talked about Ken, the, uh, the quarian mm-hmm. and, uh, where you could get the T six couplings. I missed all that. I actually got this on my second trip to Ilium here. Oh, that's funny. Um, but, one of the things that I also missed because I didn't go left is I guess at some point I ran into a Vorka who was like, you're just one of Gavorn's people. I'm like, what are you talking about? And oh, like, yeah. he just went off and I'm like, what was like, like, like clearly there's some, something going on here. And then I went back and, and right outside, I think right outside and to the left a little bit of uh, afterlife, there's a Turian captain Gavorn, who's the Turian responsible for keeping the Vorcha out of Arya's sight. Uh, and the first thing he starts asking about is like, Hey, he's like, we had a whole bunch of Vorcha die last time you were here. Did you have anything to do with that? And yeah, Shepard's just like, uh, he might've killed a few. Uh, you know, sometimes I go somewhere. Sometimes Vorcha die, you know, these things happen. He's got a, a fun quote where, uh, Shepard said, you know, they got in my way. And then, uh, Gavorn's like, well, I hope I never get in your way. <laughs> I kind of but, I forgot that the yeah, there was a Vorcha with Gavorn because I'm like because I did that earlier, and then randomly I was heading I forgot I had I had had I think it was after probably after Samara's loyalty mission got done with that so even afterlife and all of a sudden guy like stops me and talks to me he's like hey did you kill Vorcha like yeah long time ago they're right. uh, very decomposing now so uh, late how you doing is that a problem no cool. You kill Vorcha. I kill a lot of things. Right. Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna have to be more specific. But yeah. So then you wind up talking to him for a little bit, and like you know, he's just the guy. He kills the Vorcha, and you know, he says, you know, joking with Shepard, like, "Oh, you're making my life easier and stuff." But it seems like maybe there's a quest there that I didn't get because I didn't do things in the right order. I don't know. I was wondering if maybe you guys got that quest from him. No, there's no mm-hmm. quest. Oh, there's no quest? Yeah. It's literally just the guy just kind of saying, like, thanks for killing the Vorch earlier? Yeah, there was no that quest is... there. He just gives you some some experience and huh. some credits. Yeah, that is it exactly. It's it, This is another one. Like, there's both of these quests on, on Omega that are just sort of like these weird... I mean, this isn't even really a quest. It's just like an interaction. I feel like there was maybe some cut content here or something. Well, like the, the next thing coming up on the list... Uh... I actually need to go do that because I've I've done it before in previous playthroughs, but I forgot. Well, yeah. So yeah. The, the next the next thing on the list I have here is uh, that uh, we'll hear in a moment that part of uh, the Samara loyalty mission has you to go talk to Arya, and while you're talking to Arya, you can uh, t- check with one of her uh, security guards, Grizz. Which I can't help but think of Thirty Rock with that. I name. know. Yeah. <laughs> Grizz. <laughs> it, like it's like where's dot com? I need dot com. <laughs> But yeah, so Grizz is like, "Hey, we need you to go tell this old uh, Krogan patriarch that he's got to shut up and, and go into hiding." And you're just like, "Well, what's this all about?" Like he's yeah, he's one of Arya's advisors. He's an old Krogan, mm-hmm. an old rival of Arya. Go talk to him. And so you got to go down into the bars. And I'm pretty sure this is the bar where um, I want to say his name was Forvan, which is the the bartender that you can't drink the you can't drink the drink from. 
Oh yeah, the, I'm pretty sure the, the Batarian who like yeah, poisons. He's down, yeah, yeah, he's down near that bar. That's right. Um, but you find him like in a side room, and he's there with uh, I think he's got like two Turians, kind of like he's holding court with. And you've got to go and talk to him and be like, hey, dude, you got to get to go into hiding. And he tells you the whole backstory about how that he used to run Omega and then Arya showed up and he's like, you're just some like a sorry dancer. What are you going to do? And then uh, Arya crushed one of his hearts. Yeah. <laughs> and like and then left him alive basically as a like a as a sign like this is the guy who used to run Omega and I just messed him up good. Like, don't you come at me. And then also, and that's why she named him Patriarch, because, you know, as, as sorry would be a matriarch. As an old Krogan, he's a patriarch since he's a, a male. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, so then you have to kind of talk to him to get him out of there. And, and then you go back and tell Grizz, like, hey, I took care of it. And Grizz gives you some money. Yeah, I think it's kind of funny. I think I just completely just ignored Grizz. Just like, ah, oh, whatever. I'm going to go do a law mission. You can also convince him to go and kind of. Uh, like you can talk him into to like going and like being crappy to Arya and kind of going out on his own terms if you if you're so inclined. <laughs> it, oh, that's it, awesome. It does not yes. end well for him, and Arya is not happy if you do that. Yeah, well, Arya is going to give zero uh, zero concerns there, so that's not yeah. surprising. <laughs> yeah, it also seems like a very very bad thing to do on Omega since Arya said, "Don't fuck with her." Can you fuck with her? Now I'm getting blasted out of his airlock. Seriously. You... Again. I tried to talk him out of it. He He's a, a oh, grown... Yeah, he's a Krogan. Krogan. You know? He can I make his own decisions. Yeah. This, this, Shepard, I did nothing. <laughs> he wouldn't listen to me. <laughs> now, he almost doesn't listen... I mean, he almost didn't listen to me as it was, but... Uh, yeah, he, he... It's funny, because they talk about how he, you know, he knows a lot of secrets. He even points out that he knows a lot of secrets. And then, like, he talks too much. And, like, yeah, he just, like, there's, like, a good five minutes of dialogue out of this character that ultimately means nothing in terms of the game. But he he does sort of go on and on about, like, yeah, this is my history. Which, like, he's the old retired guy who has no, he even knows, he has no value anymore. Yeah. Sorry, he, uh, goes, he goes after his assassins, not Arya. But he, he, oh, okay. he gets killed. And she's like, that sucks. You shouldn't have done that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah because he... he he, has, he even points out, like, he only has value to Arya. And he's even like, at least I still have value to her. Like, he at least knows that, but. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think that's, frankly, that's not a bad retirement. You get to hang out on a, I mean, it's a scummy place. But if you're connected, it's not that scummy. It's probably got and three he's certainly, Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. He's not paying for anything at that bar. It's probably still clearer than a bunch of retirement homes, so. <laughs> God, probably. Yeah, I mean, he gets to yeah. sit there and tell old war stories, you know, and, and drink and chill. Like, that seems seems like an okay retirement. And he doesn't have the actual stress of running Omega. Right. So, so what? He's down a heart. What you could do. Luckily, there's two. Exactly. So, yeah, so that was, that was a fun little look into Arya's history. Because uh, she's not going to tell you any of this straight up. So, you know, it's it's kind of fun to get this through other characters. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, she does not say a lot at all. So I think that should wrap up all the side quests on Omega, unless there's anything we've missed. Not that I can think of. I don't think so. All right. So with that said, let's go ahead and hear about the 
Samara loyalty mission, unless it's the Morinth loyalty mission. Samara confides to Shepard that her daughter Morinth is an Ardat Yakshi, a mutant Asari that must feed off the life force of others to survive. Samara has intel that her daughter is on Omega, so they visit Arya to find out if she's heard anything. Arya tells her that a girl was killed in the nearby tenements, and Shepard and Samara visit Diana, the girl's mother. The commander and the Justicar investigate the victim's belongings and find out Morinth has been seen in the VIP section of Afterlife. Shepard and Samara find a way in, and Shepard must draw Morinth's attention without getting kicked out of the bar. The plan works, and Morinth approaches Shepard and begins to seduce them. Shepard and Morinth head back to her place, and Morinth attempts to control Shepard. Samara arrives and the two Asari clash until Shepard must choose who survives, Samara or Morinth. Afterwards, Shepard returns to the Normandy and chats with the victor, who is now loyal to the mission. So the primary question I should ask is, did anyone take Morinth? No. No. We all went, okay, we all went with Samara. So. Yeah. We I like, have, we like, well, preferably we all like living, so. <laughs> I do. I have, I have picked up more in, in previous playthroughs. I did not in this one. Um, mostly because I like, um, I like the Samara interactions in Mass Effect 3, like more. Uh, and I don't feel like the consequences you get for picking up more. And like, it's interesting, but uh, it's just not my preference. Yeah, it is a good way to pick up more to end the game series early. It is, yes. Well, how, how can you do that? What do you mean? How how does Borinth end the game early? Oh, you know, I don't know. You just try to pay, you try to romance her, and you know she does the Yarda Yakshi stuff and just takes your soul. Well, basically, just <laughs> fries your nervous system. But still, yeah, it's a good yeah. good one night stand. Very one night. Extremely. That's gotta be that's gotta be fun for the elusive man to get that report. That after spending all that money, bringing Shepard back, it's like, oh, he had one night of fun and the art of got him. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's a cool it's a cool way to die. I mean, it's like it's an interesting scene. It is funny if you get her as your squad mate and keep her because she tries like she's like, come on. Eh, you want to go? Eh, yeah. And if you just sort of like keep refusing her, she's just like, no, I want to kill you. She was trying to kill you. She just wants the pleasure to kill you. Good I pleasure. mean. Sure. Also, for some reason, like I don't know why, but she like she creeps me the heck out. Like often, I'm just like, "Hmm, looks like you're gonna come out of a puzzle box of some sort." She does. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to remember because it's been a while since I played with her on the team. Um, but yeah, she's she. I mean, she doesn't. She's not openly malicious, from what I recall. Like she or is she? No, not really. No, she's not. I mean, I mean, you you kind of get a feel for her point of view of things. I suppose, but, but she's still ultimately a, a vampire that shouldn't exist and sort of defies nature. So there's that. Yeah, it, I mean, I like when she when you're like sitting on the couch with her in her apartment or whatever, and she's explaining her point of view and and you know sort of complaining about her mom and it's like unfair that she has to be treated this way like i kind of get it but then on the flip side like you you kill people for you know sexual pleasure for yeah, yourself it's, it's and like, it's like that's not like okay <laughs> sorry yeah, it's, it's like we can all understand like oh you know i have overbearing parents or whatever and you know yeah, yeah, yeah. but like yeah but then it's like there's the whole 
other side of that where it's like, yeah, but you actually do stuff that your parent, you're like, your parents aren't necessarily wrong here. <laughs> like, right. Like you're actually kind of the, the, the problem, but, but then again, I mean, it's not ultimately like she is who she is. It's not like she chose to be an art at Yakshi. That's just how she came out. So right. it's, yeah, I mean, it's an interesting, it's an interesting and unfortunate, fortunate situation for both of them, because even if, if Samara does kill her and you keep Samara on the team, like she's still, you know, the last thing she says on the mission is what is I, I kill, I just killed the smartest and bravest of my daughters. Like, so, I mean, it weighs on her as well. Yeah, it does. I mean, it absolutely does. Like, it's not, it's an interesting story and it's, it's very like Samara's story is just all kinds of tragic, honestly. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Well, like this entire mission is very, very tragic. In a sense, because like just just when we start off here, just meeting the mother, the mother and her finding out her daughter got murdered was just heartbreaking. Especially listening to their backstory of things going and reading the journal entries of the more stuff she goes down by talking to more, and it's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's a little. Like, I get why, like, Shepard has to do that, because you have to get the, the code name to get into the VIP section of Afterlife. But at the same time, it's like, and I mean, and they're trying to give you, like, the backstory, a little bit more insight into Morinth anyway. But it's still, it's just like, you're, you're you know, you're a space, space police, and even then you're, you're space military more than space police. But you show up at this lady's house, and you're just like, I need to sit down and read your daughter's journal. Like, it's kind of... It feels a little bit inappropriate in general, but then again, like this, you know, I think that apartment is like the same layout as the other, like another one that you can like loot when you're going through the quarantine section. I think it's actually a bit smaller than that one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's the whole thing is really weird. Yeah. And like, like reading or listening to the, the daughter's diary entries where she's all, you know, super excited and, you know, you get the clues from them, but it's also just like, Oh, this is, and, and her mom is so broken up about it. Um, yeah. And it's, yeah, it's weird. It's like sort of weird to be involved in. Super excited. If you kill her though, she's like, thank you for killing the bitch. Oh yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no problem. Oh. She tried to kill me. So, you know, I don't think I went back. I don't think I talked to her after that. Yeah. No, it's a. I think it's not. You don't talk to her. It's in a. Uh, an, oh, it's a, a message. I think you're yeah, right. email, it's yeah. a message. Yeah. Which Shepard's email is really easy to get. She just puts it out. I mean, right? she puts it out everywhere. <laughs> there must be. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, maybe it's uh, more like Twitter DMs where it's like Shepard just has like an account that's openly accessible and why would shepherd open their dms that seems like a yeah i don't (laughs) yeah but that that should be the next mass effect game is that your character has open dms so you you know the the other members of the crew can slide in for more romance (laughs) also like i love how easy it is to get to via the vip section of afterlife just give someone's name you're in no questions asked I just wonder how often they let people cosplaying as specters in because I mean I don't know my shepherd's got the big you know the N seven still prominently displayed on the armor like and you just walk right in. I mean as long as they're as annoying as Conrad they're probably okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't be like that other guy. I'm sure his name gets around the uh, gets around the uh, galaxy. But 
Yeah, but also like like thinking like more into like Chasey Cheesy because you're apparently the most interesting one here, and it's like, how boring is everybody else? Because what we do in this in this bar is not really that interesting. Well, highly suspicious that, to me, and I would kind of well, question this person because you, you. I mean, I thought that was an interesting sort of mechanic that you have to go and sort of draw attention to yourself without drawing too much attention to yourself because yeah. you don't want to get kicked out. You don't want to get kicked um, out. You don't want to be like, like you can pick a fight with a guy, but you don't actually want to pick a fight with a guy. You want to, right. you know, like well, sort of just yell him down basically. Yeah. So that's where you need, you need to have like whoever, you know, I guess uh, like whatever squad bit you bring with you, like just be like, yo, you know, hold me back. Hold me back. Right. <laughs> oh my God. The worst. I, I feel like that should, that would be funny if you could do that. And then Morinth is just like, oh God, no, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. No. Mission no. failed. Morth left. <laughs> There's I think I've I'm trying to think if I've done that before. I think I might have uh, on, on my very first playthrough, I think I might have not understood exactly what was going on here and I think I might have lost her. Like you went in and just made a ridiculous scene and she was yeah. like, "No, nah, I'm good." That is a funny way to fail because you absolutely can fail the mission doing that. Yeah. Really? Uh, you can? It, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you go oh. in and you're just like a total, you know, like uh, Jersey store, wow, Jersey Shore style jackass. You will fail the mission. <laughs> yes, I you have did to- not realize that. I've never failed. I just did. When the order, I'm like, I go talk to this person. I'll talk to this person. Talk to this person. More like, hey, you're really interesting. Talk to me. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, you can you can do like a sufficiently bad job such that um, like either you get I think kicked out of the bar or Morinth is just like, Ugh, no, thank you. I thought it was all scripted. Yes. I kind of just lazied my way through nope. by accident. Nope. You 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 played your shepherd perfectly. <laughs> but yeah, because there's a few interesting uh things here. Like there's a what is it? You ha- you have the one the one guy who's being a bit aggressive to the the woman, like you were saying, that you can like you have to kind of yell him off without actually getting into a fight. Right. You have uh there's a reporter who's like undercover with a, a gang leader and she's about to get found out and so you have to go and give her a code word to get her out of like get her out of the way there's uh what else is there There, there's some thugs that are in there and you can just pay them off to go away Mm -hmm. yeah i think it's interesting the one with the uh when you tell the reporter and get her out of there the moment she leaves you talk to that guy again he's like bitch hasn't come back yet need to go kill her i'm like dude like (laughs) two seconds yeah, Calm that is down. funny. She, yeah, because she's like, I need to go like powder my nose or whatever it is she says. But, you know, I mean, she has like a perfectly plausible like reason to be gone for a few minutes. And yeah, he's just like, she's gone. I'm going to kill her. Like, bro, she walked away like 30 seconds ago. <laughs> you need to settle down. She might, you know, maybe, maybe the, the bar food's not sitting right with her. Yeah. I don't know that bar food. I yeah. just, I just it's, it's, had like a vivid image of like the bathrooms on an Omega bar and I was not. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. actually not pleasant. No. Ooh. No. Are there any other bathrooms we can go into other than on the Normandy? Uh, there is yeah. in the Citadel, um, at least in two, the, there's a bathroom. I think you actually like do some sort of quest interaction. Uh, yeah. Like you talk to a, a, a Turian or something. That's for the fishes, because you go in there and talk to us. He's like, hey, seen fishes. And he's like, yeah. It's like, ah, oh, goddamn, I can't. Yeah. Well, I can't remember the name of the nightclub. <laughs> but yeah, the nightclub in, in the Citadel Master. Uh, the, the Dark Star, I think. That's right. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. So, you, you, you have to get more into tension. As, as I said, I think that was, overall, that was like an interesting, because, I mean, it's different than your standard combat 
mission. I think this one in kind of the uh, Kasumi's loyalty mission, which we'll get to. Uh, like they they lean heavily on the the social aspects. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really of, like that. It's it's yeah. fun. It's a nice you know sort of change of pace. There's no, I don't think there's any combat in this mission actually at all. No, no I think you're right. Um, you just have to choose at the end who 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 gets the. I think that's it. But it's not even really combat. You just choose like who to shoot. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, because like Morinth and Samara like engage in combat, but you at no point do you you know sort of use the combat mechanics of the game you, you just pick like yeah which of the two you're going to keep alive right i was kind of surprised i didn't actually have some kind of fight in there because it could have been an interesting like team of the with the other one who didn't and fight the uh the other one fight like a biotic superpowered boss that would have been fun mm-hmm. yeah but i think oh yeah actually because then but yeah because yeah, because I mean, it's not like they don't have the combat skills for the other character. Because whichever one wins is going to be fighting alongside you, right? So, although maybe that's why they didn't want to do that because they they like they don't know how you've laid out the character at that point, or you know, as far as allotted skill points or how you're going to allot skill points to Morinth, for example. Um, that they don't want to actually have them show any sort of combat at that point. Mm. Well, I mean, they do like their biotic fight, so I mean, they have some base of biotic abilities. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because like Samara in my game, she sort of respects, but does not care for me. Um, you know, because I'm kind of a jackass renegade shepherd and everything. Uh, but you know, it's, it's, it's interesting because you can technically, you can like romance her if you're playing like ultra paragon. Um, and obviously you can romance more, you know, to, to your detriment. Uh, but it's it was interesting for me to like see that because I had my last renegade playthrough like my only really uh, super hardcore renegade playthrough I kept Morinth obviously, uh, and so it was it was interesting to see that she was sort of like hey I don't because when you go to talk to her after you finish the mission she's like thanks I still kind of don't like you but I do appreciate your help. Mm-hmm. Yeah that that would be fun to do like a Paragon mission or a Paragon playthrough where you keep Morinth just to see yeah. <laughs> Because keep, yeah, I think keep him on a leash now. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, because normally I think if you're if you're Paragon, you're going to go Samara. If you're Renegade, you're going to go Morinth. So there's there's room for there's room for the uh, the contrast there. Yeah. yeah. The one thing that I like is when Morinth has you on the couch, and she's like trying to seduce Shepard and, and Samara even says like ahead of time, like, you know, she's going to try to seduce you. So be ready for this. Like you can only resist her by using your Paragon or Renegade skill. Like if you don't have enough points in the Paragon option, you, you wind up giving in. Mm-hmm. Can oh. you, can you actually fail the mission? Like if you don't have enough, uh, Charmer Intimidate. I don't. Do you actually fail the mission if you give in like that, or, or does I think Samara shows up in time to? Okay, that's what stop, I was wondering. Stop that from happening. At least I think that's what happens. I, I even then, like you know, as much as I've been trying to you know stay the middle ground for most of these playthroughs, like I was like, no, I have enough Paragon points here. I'm saving my butt. <laughs> yeah, you see, I've always had enough, so I've never, I've never been in the position of like not having enough points to to you know use those dialogue tree options. Yeah, maybe maybe Morinth kills you, and then Samara shows up, and they're like, "Oh well, Shepard's dead. Let's let's take over the Normandy together and, and go <laughs> off and fight fight the collectors." 
have a Darth Vader Luke, you know, like what if scenario here. <laughs> that, that could be fun. Could just be. Watch them go back and then like, you know, anybody that doesn't agree with them, they just take them out on the uh take them out on the Normandy and then they <laughs> they're they're going off. That all sounds dangerous. And so, at least as far as Samara goes, once you finish this mission, then you can start to work through the lo- the loyalty or not the loyalty options, but you can start to go through her dialogue options, um, where you can start to get her to open up to you a little bit, and then she'll actually you can actually if, if you if you want you can actually have her try to kiss you, and then she'll realize like whoa what am I doing this isn't going to work, and then she just kind of shuts you you out. She actually gets up because she's she's always in that one viewing room. Mm-hmm. Uh, she actually she actually gets up and leaves the room and then you go and she's standing in the little crew quarters that are like right around the corner from that like looking at the the, the AI ball or whatever they're in the you know that little window that looks out to that and if you go over to talk to her she's like no I don't want I don't I don't want to talk to you right now I'm I'm still dealing with you know all this and then the oh, next wow. time you come back she's just sitting back where she is and she's like yeah, I don't I don't feel like talking right now and apparently that doesn't because it's not actually a relationship, it doesn't actually conflict with like any of the other relationships on the, oh, is that on the Normandy. So okay. you can you can have that interaction and still like try to romance another character. Oh, just kind of like just a fling of some sort. Well, it's not really a fling because she doesn't agree to proceed. She's like, you know, because Shepard's basically, you know, like, hey, you know, you really should open up and and you know. Things aren't so, you know, you don't need to be so closed off. And then she starts to open up a little bit. She's like, no, no, this is wrong. I, sh- I shouldn't be doing this. And then she, she's like, I, I can't. Okay. She's, you know, she, she's like, I need to process this and just, you know, give me some time. Leave me alone. I thought you, you could s- actually romance her. Okay. I, I guess that was probably I think me misremembering. You can continue this in the third game. Like, there's more there. But huh. that's as far as it'll get in the second game. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see how this plays out is also if Morin uh seduces you on the catch like if you fail to resist her then you just like samara you're right like nick samara busts in and you just don't get to choose who lives like samara kills Morin. oh so so yeah if you don't if you don't have enough charm or intimidate it basically is like the game just scripts it for you i guess that makes sense though because if you I mean, if you're playing a renegade playthrough and you're gonna, or you're gonna want more, and because that, you know, the renegade points, you're gonna have enough renegade anyway. I mean, even then, by and large, even like I wasn't necessarily trying to have paragon points. I had enough to at least hold her off. So it's not, it's not like it's hard to to get those those options there. It's harder to not get those options. You have to very carefully not get paragon points Uh, because that's the other thing too with with Samara is that you need to not, you need to have a certain or be below a certain threshold on your renegade points. If you made too many renegade points, she won't have any interest in you. Yes. Yes. And I'm pretty sure I crossed that threshold after she, after like the, the, the not quite a romance scene where she, you know, where we had the, the the kiss and then she ran off that. I don't know if like when I show back up in, in three, she can be like, Oh yeah, you know, you were cool, but now you're too much of a renegade. Go away. That is. Yeah. I don't know. So I just, I just looked this up. Um, apparently you can, so you can have that scene with her. Uh, and then if you don't romance anybody in mass effect three, you can like have some scenes with her in, in the Citadel DLC. 
Oh. All right. Yeah. So that that's what I'm working towards. Yeah, if you're trying to romance Samara, then you can do it. Um, I don't. It doesn't say anything about being too renegade. Although I would, you know, kind of keep it, keep it on the up and up in three, Min- just in case. Minimal renegade. Yeah. Does your your points reset when you go over to three, right? Or does it? I think you get. I, it's. I think it's a lot like the. I, you get a little bit of influence from your your old save, but it's all pretty low. It's just like going okay. from one to two. Like you can you can be like maxed out renegade in one and in two you get kind of a nudge up the first bar like it's not it doesn't it's so it's kind of a reset i guess you can change your path you can change your ways (laughs) yeah that would be fun to be like i'm gonna be like paragon in one renegade in two paragon in three like just kind of keep going back and forth like shepherd has like no compass (laughs) right you know it kind of work it's like a kind of flow of the game too it's like Kind of nice. Things get kind of shitty in two, and then you try to fix things in three. So that would be that would be an interesting playthrough. It would be funny if people were like, "I thought you were a jackass, or I thought you were nice. What happened?" The other way that might be fun would be like to just alternate Paragon and Renegade choices, so that you kind of keep them even. And again, there's no like right. consistency. <laughs> keep the bar. I mean, I feel yeah. like in one, like in this playthrough, I had almost maxed out. Uh, Paragon, and I had maxed out Renegade, and I didn't even use, you know, I didn't use like the um, bugs to let you do both. So I felt like I did do that in the first game. I, I mean, the first game really does let you do that. Like you can, you can get close to the top in both, and even in um, two and three, it, it did feel like I, I like kind of, especially three, which we'll we'll talk about when we get there. But it, they, it felt like the systems played differently each game, but they let you have a lot of both choices yeah that's that's gonna be fun and i still i mean and it's also fun too to i mean because yes you can go through and like do i'm gonna do the explicit paragon i'm gonna do the explicit renegade but it's also fun too where you kind of like stop thinking about that as much and just kind of let the decisions come and and you can kind of like you know this decision i'm gonna be more of a you know a hard hard ass and this decision i'm gonna be more of a nice guy right So let's do we have anything else to say about Morinth and Samara? No, just one more of those missions. I still felt like it was way shorter than I expected. I was gonna be a bit longer, and it's like, and we're done. Wow. Cool. I mean I'm trying to think if I know what you're saying. Well, it's like ten minutes long, fifteen. It's yeah, I guess it isn't. I think it's because there's no combat. It's all just dialogue, and so it you can like breeze through it. There's no mm-hmm. Uh, yeah there's not like a lot of exploration i guess i don't know i'm just trying to think when i learned that you could have morinth as a crew member because i want to say it might have been after my first playthrough on this mission where i didn't realize like oh i could have actually chosen to kill samara there like i I, because i feel like if you don't know that that's a choice and you you get that choice and you choose it like oh hey like i'm actually gonna side with more like why would i do that but okay like this could be very surprising. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a it's a bold move to flat out replace a crew member like this. And, I mean, it's done very well insofar as, like, okay, like, you know, Morinth and Samara, they're, you know, v- both very powerful uh, uh, biotics. They both have fairly similar uh, move sets and uh, aesthetics. Um, so it's not like, you know, it's not like there's too big of a swap. But, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, that that's a... 
that's a strong choice to to put into the game. Yeah, it is. Um, it isn't because it and it has you know rippling consequences through through the rest of the you know this game and then into three. Um, yeah, it is pretty wild. Yeah, so yeah. so we'll we'll find out more about what happens to Samara and Morinth uh, when we get to Mass Effect Three. Uh, but in the meantime, let's go ahead and hear about what happens when uh, we do Jack's loyalty mission. Shepard and Jack head to Pragia, where Jack was held by Cerberus as a child and molded into the violent biotic she is now. Their shuttle lands on the building roof due to the overwhelming vegetation. As they descend into the decrepit facility, they find logs that suggest the facility was operating outside the elusive man's parameters. Jack recounts how she fought her way out with the guards begging for their lives. After fighting some Varen, they find a makeshift arena where Jack fought other kids as part of her conditioning. A security holo specifies that Jack was too important to let die and gave orders that she must survive the riots, conflicting with Jack's memories of her surviving of her own accord. They encounter some blood pack mercenaries and then enter the morgue to learn that many children died there. Jack continues to insist she had it the worst. Jack learns that her cell window is a one-way mirror, so no one was looking at her, although she thought they were. Jack learns that they were experimenting on the other children to find out what procedures would work and be safe for Jack. They fight and kill more blood pack, and finally find the person who hired the mercenaries, Arish. He was the only other survivor of the riots when Jack fled. Another kid tortured and left for dead. He returned to reopen the facility, and Jack has heard enough and tries to kill him. Shepard has the opportunity to stop or encourage Jack. After the encounter with Arish, Jack plants a bomb, and she and Shepard return to the shuttle and destroy the place as they fly back to the Normandy. That was one heck of an explosion. <laughs> it's like, I, I mean, like Shepard bangs on the, like, why does Shepard bang on the door at the end there? Like, is it to like, say like, okay, go faster. Cause we're about to blow the joint. I think, like, I think, so. So. I think so. And then like, you get like the little explosion and then like, there's just this wall of fire. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's a very like sort of nuke it from orbit, you know, moment like, Oh wow. Okay. That seemed, it seemed unnecessarily large. Yes. Yes. Especially for what is it? I mean, okay, yeah. So the guy, the dude's trying to like bring the facility back, but he's by, nowhere close to doing that. It's very much a an abandoned ruin. You really didn't need to. Why is it barely yeah, functioning as it is? Yeah, he's and he's like one nut job, you know. I like, yeah. Does does this really help Jack? Kinda. I mean, it's it's clear she needs to face her demons, and it's clear that what she believes to have happened was wrong, that she was grossly misinformed, or, or I guess her impressions were, were grossly misinterpreted, uh, but I mean, well, it, like, I don't fair. know if this is the right environment for that. I don't know. I mean, so when you see Jack in Mass Effect 3, clearly it, it, it creates a change in Jack, like assuming that, that she lives uh, through the, the end of this game. It is weird that it changes her because like her, a lot of her experience is still extremely valid in the sense that, you know, I mean, she was basically kept prisoner as a kid and, um, and very, you know, poorly treated and, and like the rationale behind it. Um, sure. She was mistaken about it, but it's still really messed up. Well, yeah, yeah, especially considering what's happening. If you don't know the other stuff, yeah, it seems really shitty. 
but it's really weird to see that everybody else is getting it worse so that your torture would be nearly as bad. I'm like, all right. Well, I mean, it makes sense from her standpoint because she would have no reason to suspect that the other kids are getting treated any differently. She thinks they're just treating everybody the same. And that's why, like, oh, I survived because I was tough, not because I was the whole point of this project. Yeah. I, I, and, but maybe, you know, maybe the learning that, like learning that, like she was the point of the project, that she didn't have it as bad as the other kids, I guess. Um, I don't know. Maybe that, yeah, maybe that, but see, I feel like that would just break her even more to like, right, lo- like lose that tent pull of like, no, I made it because I'm tough. I was the strongest one. And then to find out that like, oh no, I was handpicked for this. Yeah. I don't know. That seems well, like I don't it would wanna, break her psycho- psychically. Right, right. But see, like, I don't want to say, like, she shouldn't have gone back. Like, clearly she has unresolved issues. Clearly there was information there that she needed. Like, she needed to go back. Like, that part of it, I'm fine with. I just don't know if Shepard is the person who should have, like, taken her there. I mean, Like, I, once again, Shepard has to play, like, the role of, like, clinical psychologist to, like, kind of, you know, like, okay, let, let's let's walk you through your memories here and let, let's let you relive some past trauma in the, help, the hopes of you moving on from it. Like, there's somebody who can help her have that dialogue, somebody who can walk her through that. And, I mean, yeah, okay, you've got your Paragon and Renegade, Renegade choices, but at the end of the day, like, Shepard's not a professional. <laughs> Shepard's, a, a, you know, a, effectively a soldier. But, I mean, you know, I think that's it, though, right? Like, is, is Jack going to go talk to a, a like a psychiatrist is jack gonna go lay down on the couch you know what i mean and and talk to her like absolutely not this is the closest thing that she'll get to therapy with the way jack at way jack is true yeah i mean because she's not gonna respect like the the only reason she does what shepherd says is because she knows that shepherd could beat the crap out of her right well funny you mentioned that because um in the end sequence with uh what's his name arash arash yeah arash yeah where uh you know jack pulls the gun on him and you know shepherd is like hey you know don't don't shoot him you know like you know well i was pl- i i i i had this was the return of ineffectual shepherd where shepherd's like don't shoot him like you know i'm gonna give you a warning like don't shoot him i'm gonna be really upset and then she shoots him and then <laughs> shepherd's like okay now i'm really upset don't ever do that again and she's just like if this is my mission i'll listen on your mission but you know this is my my mission and my call and it's just and then immediately after that, she's like, I'd like to look around. Do we have time for that? And then Shepard's like, of course we have time. Like, he, she, she just completely walks all over him in That's this, funny. you know, the way it, 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 it's, it's just so, it, it's so ineffectual dad. Like, you're just yelling at you, like, you know, stop jumping on the couch. And the kid's just like, I'm going to keep jumping on the couch. Like, you're, you're not, you're not going to do anything. And it's just like, oh, fine. You're right. I told also, her to shoot him. I was like, put him down. Yeah, I, I. I let him go, but after when they when she blew up the facility, I'm like, ah, uh, was that better? Getting nuked instead of getting shot with a gun. At least he had a chance. <laughs> I guess. I yeah. It's not like he was on a ship that he could bang on the door and be like, okay, fly, fly faster now. <laughs> That's like legs run faster. Maybe he has a ship he got off earlier. I don't know. I mean, he would have to. How else did he get there? That's fair. Yeah, that's true. Although he said he's been there for over a solar year. So, I mean, yeah. Uh, when we, did we see the ship? Was there a ship on the roof when we first landed? I didn't think to pay attention to I don't that. think we saw one. 
because uh i mean jack points out when you're coming in she's like oh we you know the landing zone's on the roof because if we put it anywhere else it would immediately be overgrown by vegetation within hours so unless he had that ship on the roof all gassed up and ready to go yeah, I don't, I don't think, know where he's taking off from. I don't yeah. think there was. Yeah. Also, is that roof really the high? The 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 vegetation can't get higher than that roof. It's really it has that limit. Maybe it's just because it's not actually growing there. It's not going to grow. The vegetation won't grow sideways. But it, I don't know. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. And that seemed like a kind of a thin. Yeah. I, I, it would. Why wouldn't it? I mean, I've seen vines like they'll totally grow on a roof. They don't care. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not like cleaning it up. It's just kind of like what's going to happen. Well, I mean, it's possible that there were vines there a year ago, and then when Aresh and his blood pack lands, they cleared it out. Um, but and maybe that's why Jack doesn't think there's anything suspicious. Although even then, like we know there's something suspicious because they point out, like, yeah, we're not getting any heat signatures from the building, and they're like, oh, okay, like right, clearly somebody's right. jamming our, our sensors. So you already know there's somebody in there. So it kind of doesn't matter that they point out that there's nobody in there. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe we're just thinking too hard for this mission. <laughs> I think so. Probably so a little bit. Who did you guys bring on this mission? I brought Miranda. You know Miranda. I brought Miranda. It's always entertaining when those two get together. Yes. Yeah, it's also interesting, like this facility being uh so there's Cerberus, but like the entire time like, okay, don't let the elusive man know. Don't let the elusive man know. I'm like how the hell are you going to keep anything from the from him? He knows. Well, that's what was interesting is because Miranda's like, "Up, oh, look at this. They went rogue. See, my hands are clean." And yeah. then, uh, and then Jackson be like, "Well, we don't know what they weren't telling him." So it's like maybe he's like, "They weren't going rogue. They were going to go like clean and and you know, like you know, who knows what the elusive man actually knew and whatnot." So it's like okay, and I mean that's fair. I mean Jack, Jack has every right to hate Cerberus, and oh yeah. I mean, Miranda is just enough of a, of, of, you know, she's kind of pompous in that I get like she represents Cerberus and she's willing to go to the mat for them. But like, give Jack some empathy. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, she's she is kind of a Cerberus toady here where it's like, look, I mean, you, you're you seeing this like you're seeing what happened, whether they went rogue or not. Like you're in like, yeah, exactly. Give Jack some empathy. Like she is owed that at least. Yeah. So, then the, the fact that they were bringing in like you know kids from like Batarian pirates and uh, you know what was it they were abducting kids from the colonies or whatever anybody that had like biotic potential I mean like yeah this was not this like, I mean and I know like we dealt with some Cerberus that was shady as all get out in the past game and I think like Miranda should know that like yeah like we don't trust Cerberus as far as we can throw him. Like, even if you're a little cell, even if Miranda and everybody under her is like, you're the good Cerberus. Like the overall, like that name has a very bad reputation. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they, yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Yeah. What about Kahaku? Exactly. Exactly. What about Kahaku? Like, what about, you know, like breeding the Rachni, messing with the Thorian, like, you're yeah, Cerberus is synonymous with shady behavior at best. Yeah. It it just gets worse from here too. It's like they're just so shady. Yeah. Oh well yeah, I mean it, it does, but but I mean I guess that's kind of like Miranda's also somewhat, you know, to some extent, she is like an at all cost sort of person. Not fully, but I think she 
leans that way. So I guess that's cool with her is the moral of this. I I feel like kind of weird that she would be okay with that considering she doesn't like the way her dad treats people and the way he's like try to right experiment with her. I feel like she'd be not not okay with someone else doing that to other people with even less well, choices. Well, I think to a certain degree, it's you know she made the choice then to join Cerberus, so she has to sort of like defend that decision as far as you know when she when she left her dad and that you know winding up there, but. I don't know. It almost seems like it might be, you know, kind kind of like we were saying last time about like Jacob. Like the worst case for him, it would be that he becomes everything that he despises. I think in some ways, like Miranda's kind of already slipping down that path. Yeah. That, you know, and and she's so worried about her her flaws being perceptible, um, or, or you know, or I should say rather the, the the fact that she's so bred to be perfect and that she's all perfect, but she still has sort of an insecurity to her. You know, she's kind of so focused on that. She doesn't even see like the greater picture for how she's how she's acting around people. Right, right. So who who's more high maintenance, her or Jack? Um, not sure if I, I want to touch this question. I I mean, I that's a really good question. I have never romanced Jack, which I'm pretty sure you can do. Yes, you can. Um, I, f- Ooh, boy, I feel like over like a long, long haul, I feel like Miranda's going to be more high maintenance because I think she has more mm, sort of inherent, like conflict in her nature that I don't, I don't think Jack has, like, I think Jack is who she is, if that um, makes sense. And so like, Jack- if you can deal with her, then like either you can, you can handle her or you kind of can't. Yeah, Jack's also an interesting character because she was originally supposed to be like a base, be a, a romance option for both characters. You know, she wasn't really supposed to be just a male shepherd only romance option. So some of her stuff, kind of like her attitudes, are just very at odds with how she plays the game. You know, you know, I honestly didn't realize that she wasn't a romance option for the female character because I just never went down that road. And she's still kind yeah. of like, like, you know, at the beginning of it, she, she doesn't, it still seems like she would, should have, would have been available. That's. Well, huh. she, she was, she was supposed to. Okay. They're, they, they actually cut it because of, uh, there was a lot of like, like flack from pot from, from, uh, conservative news networks oh about God. the stuff you can do in the game. Sure. And they're just kind of like, they didn't think the public was ready yet. So they kind of held off on that. That's so funny. Like the public 20, in in what twenty ten couldn't handle yeah. like a lesbian romance. Like way back please, in ancient times. Please. <laughs> oh well. Well, I mean, at least it makes sense. I mean, because we have talked about them kind of cutting the same option from Jacob, so at least they didn't leave it like you know leave, leave like oh hey we're gonna cut the male one but not the female one kind of thing. Sure. Yeah. But I mean, the Asari are like right there. Also, I, I don't know. It's, but they're technically not. <laughs> they're, sure they're asexual yeah, okay yeah. yeah i mean if you want to play that card i guess you can but well, that's the card they played <laughs> yes oh, yeah. that is the card they played but it doesn't yeah i just don't think it passes the smell test as it were like all right sure okay it's i just find it interesting like really you guys are that worried but then comes mass effect 3 and they became less worried oh well, yeah because the country <laughs> 
the country grew significantly between 2010 and 2012. Oh, totally. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that definitely. I remember Everything that. changed. I remember that happening. Yeah, yeah. It was like yeah. a, it was like a revolution. Woke up one morning and the world was different. <laughs> Keyword woke. <laughs> ha, ha, oh. There we go. All right. No, but no, but I think Miranda would have like expectations, like you could maintain somewhat of a normal relationship. And therefore, like, Shepard would have to be invested and involved yeah. and, and as sort of like a, a normal boyfriend or husband or, what you know, partner. Whereas Jack is just going to be like, whatever's going to happen, like, you're, you're going to get rid of me, like, as soon as you get tired of me, like, this is, so- and, and she's going to try pushing you away. And it's more, it's more drama up front, I guess, in a way. But I feel like maybe you can get to a place where there's shared trust and she'll kind of settle down yeah but like with with miranda like it's just gonna you know she's just always gonna be but but is that really a good thing trying to get jack to settle down is that oh no i don't really i don't think either of these people should be in a relationship oh yeah no they they both clearly have like personal issues they need to work through so i mean I, i think it's hard to have this conversation without talking about jack in mass effect 3 because she like she takes a turn She's a different person. She, she, yeah, she, she damn near is a different person. Right. And, and that's why, I mean, so like knowing the fullness of those characters, that's why I would say right. I well, feel like Jack, you could, like you said, Nick, like you could establish a, a stasis where, right. yeah, she's crazy and she's, you know, she's high strung, but I think you could build like a, a trust relation. I, I think she's right. probably craving that really desperately, honestly. Yes, yes. And the th- and that's the problem is she keeps craving it and it's always denied her. And so she just assumes she can't get it. Well, she and she's just had toxic people throughout her right. whole life. It's, and it's really, I mean, it's really tragic. Like her, her whole yes. background really is uh, very clearly like just a, it's a cycle you see too much with people who are victims of abuse. Uh, exactly. Uh, you know, but if you take somebody who has suffered abuse and you actually just treat them well they can start to work through their issues and you know if, if you don't abuse their trust as it were it can work out yeah it's, it's, one, th- it's one thing I like about jack it's like she's like if you take away the bodies all the powers it's a very human character very realistic yeah. character yes well that's kind of my question about jack like is she actually a valid representation of abuse and how that affects people or is she just like the tropey use of abuse and it's like oh this is just how it's like always depicted but it, it's not actually a good characterization and in, in some ways it may actually do more damage to like actual abusive survivors that is so far above my pay grade <laughs> <The> incident, <laughs> you know, I, you yeah an episode on that because it's uh, like i want to say yes with an asterisk like i i didn't I never felt like she was tropey. Like I didn't feel like the writers leaned into, oh, you know, these are the, this, like this is the common media representation. Like she felt genuine to me. Um, but I, and like I'm, I have experienced like abuse in my life and in, in you know like parental relationships and stuff, but not in not even close to the same level. Like I don't want to you know pretend to talk to that. And so it is. I, I, I would say yes, but I could see where somebody could come in and have problems with the portrayal as well. So, I don't know. Well, like, I think it's actually better than some because, like, Jack is just – Jack's just angry. She's not, like, crazy or something like that. She's, like, as if I crazy, like, I mean, like, literally, like, not there kind of crazy. Right. Sometimes right, you'll right. go, like, this kind of love gets like, – like, she still has her thoughts, opinions. She had a rough time, but she gets through it. She also – 
makes her make strides to actually work through the shit a little bit and still doing stuff with her life even though it's like not the best yeah and i mean she's certainly not like she's clearly not like a damsel in distress trope or anything like that and she has her own agency so i yeah i mean i think it's a good portrayal because mm-hmm. like sometimes people that try to make it like also try to make them like people like that like more she has a good balance between masculine and feminine traits as i guess is what i'm trying to say i just can't think of a better way of saying it yeah and she's aggressive and she lashes out but she's not she's not actually psychotic mm-hmm. right um which you know i mean she does kind of seem just fully unstable like psychotic at the beginning you know when you first pick her up and and talk to her but as you go through the story you see okay this is why you act the way that you do and you're, you're very clearly just establishing boundaries right in maybe not the most no. healthy way and that's i mean that's the thing is that's the way she's presented is that, you're like you're here for jack like what's wrong with you right yeah <laughs> and then you know and then as, as you get to know her i mean even if you don't romance her just the fact that you go on this mission and you see you know and you see her kind of have to deal with the fact that like everything she thought that she knew was kind of not necessarily correct about her past right um but yeah, you, you, you see, you know, you, you know, you peel back a few of those layers to actually get to the person under there. Um, and as we, you know, as we were saying earlier, like, even if, if, you know, like she probably wouldn't trust an actual therapist, like, you know, Shepard is probably the best person for that because only because of the fact that, you know, it is somebody who has like that tough facade that can like handle it to a degree, or at least, you know, you have to play the character with a tough facade to handle that. I don't, I yeah. don't think if you, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I also think this is also an interesting part of the mission right here. Like, like, like her memories, so you seeing that going through them, they're different than they actually would happen, which is, I think, is a great representation of just, she was a child with age. Right. Your memories, your memories of what happened morph over time, you get mixed in with other things, dreams, and all that other stuff. It's like, so things don't actually, actually, like, what you remember isn't actually how it completely went. Yeah. Right. Yeah, memory is notoriously unreliable. Yeah, which right. is gr- I think great for this because I, I it's one thing that kind of bugs me a lot of a lot of fiction or any kind of storytelling people have like instant perfect recollection of mm-hmm. everything in their life and that's just so unrealistic. No one has right. perfect recall. Well, even then, I mean, there's the little stuff like there's the two way mirror that turns out like oh she thought it was a window, right? Yeah, and so she was like banging on the window like how come nobody was responding to me? It's like they couldn't see her. Or she'd see the people looking at themselves in the mirror and think they were like looking at her like that. I mean, and that's not even like directly. I mean, I don't know how that relates to what they were trying to do with her. But like, I mean, that's like a level of like abuse and torture completely aside from the actual like biotic stuff they were putting her. through. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Mental, mental, emotional abuse. Yeah. So. Do we have any final thoughts on jack or i mean it it seems it seems if you play it right like if she's at least on a better path now and as you said in that in mass effect 3 we'll uh you know assuming she survives the, the end of this game that uh yeah well she'll she'll be on uh, uh be, be somewhat on her way yeah i even the renegade choices in this are, are you know just a little bit more being a hard ass like the, your renegade shepherd has some degree of sympathy no matter what which i i appreciate because the renegade it's, it's, choices for her are just like well you know now you know suck it up like, it's tough love yep it is yeah yeah so unless we have anything else to say then i think we'll uh take our tough love and wrap up this episode excellent this has been squad goals number 31 
Thank you to Jarrett for producing and editing, and thank you for downloading and listening. We are at Squad Goals N7 on Twitter, also at the MASH Network. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash mash those buttons. Also YouTube at youtube.com slash mash those buttons. Chip, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on uh, Twitter and occasionally Twitch at WD. That's the word double, Y-E-W-D-E-E. And here on the MASH Network on Wondrous Tales, where every two weeks we talk about Final Fantasy XIV and all that that entails. Uh, Kura, where can folks find you? You can follow me on the socials on Twitter at Kurabaris, K-U-R-A-B-A-R-E-S, twitch.tv slash Kurabara. And you can also find me on the MASH Network, talking every week on Dropping Spicy about Apex Legends. What about you, Nick? And you can find me on Twitter at WookieBH, and I'm also here on the MASH Those Buttons Network on WoW Talk, talking about Warcraft news and guild management, and also on the Torn and the Goblin, talking about Warcraft story and lore. Join the Mash Those Buttons community on Discord at mash.gg slash Discord and email us your thoughts or questions at squadgoals at mash.gg. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to help us out, please share it and rate it if you can. And visit mtb.gg slash support to see all the ways you can support Mash Those Buttons and all our great podcasts, including on Patreon, where for as little as $1 a month, you can gain early access to content as well as to Patreon-exclusive content. You can also check out our Humble Bundle affiliate link as well as our PayPal one-time donation link over at mtb.gg slash support. Stay tuned to hear about our other shows on the Mesh Those Buttons Network. For Chip and Kura, I'm Nick, and I should go. See you, Commander. This is my favorite podcast on the network. I want to get a Cinnabon. A space Cinnabon? That would be delicious. Thanks for listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. If you enjoyed the show, you should check out mashthosebuttons.com and see if any of our other shows might interest you. All of our shows are available on your podcast platform of choice like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. If you enjoy our content, you can help support Mash Those Buttons by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash mashthosebuttons, where you can receive Patreon bonuses for as little as $1 a month. You can connect with Mash Those Buttons at twitter.com slash the Mash Network, facebook.com slash mash those buttons, or join our Discord at mash.gg slash discord. 